Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson Burkett. It's a one-hour program on 101 ESPN. Jackson wants it to become a five-hour program. Yeah, I'm looking to... Can't get my damn headphones right. The music's fading in and out. And you blame Anthony Stalter for this headphone, Jack? Yeah, I've already put my finger in his chest and held him accountable. How'd that play? Not well. Yeah. Jamie Rivers intimidated me. <laughs> yeah, I would back away. <laughs> this show's not bringing a lot of strength to the table. No, no. And I've got a flaccid microphone. i got a whole lot of things going on over here. <laughs> well, either way, welcome to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. And we're not giving away tickets today, so there isn't as much incentive to send in texts full of vile hate. But yet, I still think we'll get them. Uh, so yours, there you go. Screw you, Ajax. That's from the 618. Yeah. That's my fault. I don't know what I did wrong, but sure. No, I think it was fault. just an overall sentiment. That's yeah, why that's this fine. headphone jack. It's fine. Damn it, it's still not working. All right. Uh, oh, I thought I got it. All right. Well, anyway, you know what? I got to be honest. I mean, I can talk about the Cardinals, but I'm not going to because honestly, I'm not all that intrigued by like they, they should have won a game. They lost. That's going to happen. You know, you can be a great team, and I'm not sure that they are, and that's going to happen. And I'm, but I'm not going to over react to what was an unfortunate set of circumstances for a guy who has been lights out and maybe shouldn't have uh, even been in that spot anyway because there was a borderline call missed before uh, Garcia's home run. But, you know, they were on the verge of sweeping them. They took two or three. They sucked. Cardinals were in a division where nobody else was playing. You know know the song and dance. A lot of positives. A lot of positives to take from that game. Oh, Wow. Look yeah. at you. You kind of came loaded for bear. Outside I, the I, I, last I apologize. Inning. Maybe we are going to well, talk about just it. Just outside the last inning. Paul, I was going to go Freddie Freeman and... Uh, no, I think that's the right topic to talk about. Just, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. real quick. I mean, Puante. No, please. If you want to... I mean, it, hey, as I said, I essentially run point for the Lil Piddle show. That's right. That's right. Yeah, this is my this is my vehicle. Uh, <laughs> uh, Puante pitched great. I mean, he, he, was out, he showed a lot of poise out there. I thought he was always comfortable. That's becoming a live situation. Yeah. It was just kind of like, let's get this guy to innings. It'll be better to have him in the bullpen. And he keeps kind of doing his thing. He's very comfortable. Kept a low pitch count throughout most of the game. Was really comfortable. Juan Yepes can hit the baseball. I mean, he's looking great. Problem is, you put that new bar behind him and can't really capitalize on that. But Carlson's hitting again. Um, you know, like I said, Yepes is hitting. There's a lot of things to be somewhat hopeful for for the future for the Cardinals. All right. Look at the little piddles. Well, you know. You were at the game last night. I was. It was good seats, too. Was what great. was your reaction when the ball sailed over the wall in the uh, ninth inning? I was back home by that time. I, I wake up early. It's too, it's too late. And I with traffic and all that, I left at the seventh inning stretch. So maybe, so maybe a, my positivity is because of that. <laughs> did you take a lovely lady who you met off of Hinge or no, Bumble no. or maybe, maybe even Tinder? No, no. I went with a couple of buddies. 
very grateful for my buddy giving me some tickets there. This is great seats. Do you only sit in green seats? No, 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 no. I, I I've never sat in green seats. Oh, you only before. sit in suites. I apologize. Right, boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Right. Uh, so there's little piddles with a little breakdown of the Cardinals. Kind of alarming, especially with NBA free agency starting up. I thought mm. that's where we were going to go. Yeah, turn on Woj notifications if you would. <laughs> so I got to tell you. This Freddie Freeman, this Freddie Freeman thing, we, it's got it all. Yeah. It's got it all. Seriously. We got baseball. Yep. We got a guy who is synonymous with a franchise that had just won a World Series, a very likable sort. I think most people yeah. would tell you, even though maybe Freddie Freeman isn't a, you know, somebody that people in St. Louis have strong feelings about, mm-hmm. uh, who made his return to Atlanta after signing with the Dodgers this offseason. And if you would have told me five days ago that I'd be talking about Freddie Freeman and, and intrigued by the story at the start of Thursday's balloon party, a.k.a. Lil Piddle show, yep. I would have told you, what in the hell happened to Freddie Freeman? Like, did something happen to him health-wise? But now, with all the circumstances, it's got uh, it's got everything. So, for those of you not aware, giving you a briefing to bring everybody up to speed, and then it'll weave into our discussion on sports media that we had yesterday. It's timely af that uh freddie freeman's very emotional when he comes back to atlanta he does the thing and we've seen that in st louis where somebody leaves and they get a big response when they come back from fans and uh and then he has a press conference where he's very emotional clayton kershaw says he hopes you know the dodgers aren't second fiddle to the braves for him and uh and and then a couple days later after being in atlanta he fires his agent a little odd Mm mm-hmm and then Doug Gottlieb, who would you consider Doug Gottlieb a takesmith? Yeah. Mount Rushmore of takesmiths go. Stephen A. Skip. I'll go. Man, just pure like takesmith, like baby. Raw takesmith. takesmith. Yeah, it doesn't mean a person has to be making money being a takesmith. <laughs> and this could just be like a guy on Twitter with a dog avatar and six followers who you're pretty sure you know who he is, but he's got his burner. Uh, Kendrick Perkins is a takesmith. Wow. Uh, you had to go to the association. Perk is definitely a take Smith. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. Yeah. I got one that you're not going to think of, and he's a take, and he's a rising take Smith. Not 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 because I'm on board with him. I just right. can see what's going on. Dan Orlowski is a oh, yeah. rookie of the year take Smith. Yeah, he's he's the he newcomer of the year. Absolute take Smith. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Doug Gottlieb has been giving takes for a while, yeah. but he's kind of been giving takes like for the Angels. Like you know, he's <laughs> yeah. there, but nobody really gets a chance to right. see it. Yeah. The Sacramento Kings of Takesmiths. <laughs> so, uh, Doug Gottlieb, I don't know where this came from, and then I've been looking at his Twitter timeline. I don't follow him. Uh, tweeted out, apropos of nothing, 17 hours ago, something that might be presented in a courtroom soon. Uh, Casey Close, who is the agent of Freddie Freeman, or was the agent of Freddie Freeman, Casey Close never told Freddie Freeman about the Braves' final offer. And that is why Freeman fired him. He find out he found out, as in Freeman, found out in Atlanta this weekend. It isn't that rare to have happened in Major League Baseball, but it happened. Close knew Freddie would have taken the Atlanta deal. So, per, I believe this is Ken Rosenthal. He wrote a detailed piece on The Athletic, and I was reading that this morning before coming in. Um, that the Braves came back over the top and moved, moved into, I believe it was five years, $135 million. Mm-hmm. And what Doug Gottlieb, again, out of nowhere, be like if I said, I've got a source telling me where Bradley Beal, people go, 
Who's Tim McKernan in St. Louis, and why does he have info on Bradley Beal outside yeah. of the fact that Bradley Beal went to high school there? Uh, so Doug Gottlieb, you know, Major League Baseball free agent insider. <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere, really. Tweets this out. And 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 naturally, as you can imagine, it people are going nuts. And I and I don't fault people for that. I don't fault people. Now, my understanding, by the way, is Anthony Stalter, Brad Thompson, and Jamie Rivers said something doesn't seem right about right, this. Right. And I it tip my cap to them for that because I'm sure a lot of people in the, in the moment, a lot of people are like, well, you know, screw Casey Close. What's he doing? He should be fired. You know. So Gottlieb's tweet has been retweeted eight thousand plus times. It's you know, it's a lead story for uh, for baseball right yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, so good uh, judgment on the boys on the fast lane there for spotting that right out of the gate. Because Casey Close last night at around 9 o'clock, per his agency, XL Sports Agency, um, issued a statement. And Casey Close refuted Doug Gottlieb's report. Uh he has issued a statement, and it isn't just a it isn't just a statement saying he denies it. He goes he goes further than that. Agent Casey Close, this is an exclusive with Sports Illustrated, Tom Verducci. Agent Casey Close strongly denied a tweet from Fox Sports Radio host Doug Gottlieb that he withheld Freddie Freeman, the Braves' final contract offer, and said he is considering legal action over the report. In a statement to Sports Illustrated on Wednesday night, Close said, "Quote: There is no truth whatsoever." to what Doug Gottlieb recklessly tweeted, and I would testify to that under oath. We are currently evaluating all legal options in this matter. Uh, In the tweet, as I said, Gottlieb said Close never told Freddie Freeman about the Braves' final offer, and that's why Freeman fired him. So the Braves reportedly offered Freeman $140 million in their final offer over six years in March. Uh, so I was at five. I apologize. When talks stalemated, Atlanta pivoted to trade for A's first baseman, Matt Olson, who then they quickly signed to an eight-year, $168 million extension. Days later, Freeman signed with the Dodgers for six years, $162 million, with $57 million deferred. The Players Association valued its net present value at about $148 million. Freeman returned to Atlanta last week, and for the first time since leaving the Braves, Freeman's relationship with Close appears to be at least on pause in a response to ESPN report that Freeman fired Close, Freeman released a statement Tuesday, stopped short of acknowledging the end of the relationship, uh, but he said he's working through some age, uh, issues with his agent. When asked by reporters about Doug Gottlieb's tweet before Wednesday's game, Freeman declined to comment. So that brings everybody up to speed. Uh, Doug Gottlieb uh, has been active on Twitter this morning, but uh, he's tweeting about the uh, uh, the tight end situation in New England. (laughs) The Takesmith business never sleeps, Tim. And how to speed up baseball. He has not tweeted anything about the fact that he's not sued for libel. Uh, You know, so so here's the thing. Uh, As somebody who actually has been threatened with being sued for libel, (laughs) I I can tell you from a first-person standpoint, the way you would handle it is uh, you're instructed by counsel, go dark, go underground, you know, go to Sicily and meet Apollonia, you know, don't let her go in the car, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, (laughs) Saturday, Sunday. Uh, You know, that's, that's how you handle the situation, you know, especially if you know you're on solid ground. 
I, I, when I went through it, I didn't have a take on Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. You know, I just kind of went, uh, you know, go. Oh, I better gotta lay low here, according to my attorneys. So he has not addressed it, but clearly Freeman's agent is planning on suing him for libel. So, what were we talking about on yesterday's program? And I know some of you were listening, some of you were not. But what I talked about, Jackson asked the question, how has the media changed from 2000 to 2022? And one of the things I said, social media has allowed for a lot of voices in the arena, many of which have no credibility. And one of the reasons they have no credibility is because they have no repercussions if they report something that is not accurate. Well, here we go. Less than 24 hours after somebody tweets something that the individual responds and saying is absolutely false and is considering filing suit, we might have a moment here. The timing is absolutely perfect. Yep. So I don't know who to believe. Just yeah, right. like uh, the, the, the boys in the fast lane, I thought it was an odd thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't Gottlieb's tweet saying that it happened. It was Doug, again, it was Doug Gottlieb, and it's, it's nothing against Doug Gottlieb. I don't really have a strong feeling on him outside of he's a takesmith and yeah. whatever, you know, God bless. I'm a pervert. He's a takesmith. We all have our things. But with Gottlieb, he's saying this happens, it's, it, it isn't that rare to have happen in Major League Baseball. I'm like, hold on a second. That's a, that's a, that's a significant right, statement right. that players regularly don't get told about better offers by their agents, right. and somehow Doug Gottlieb is aware of it. He's been sitting and on he, this one for a while. He's been sitting on it until a Wednesday afternoon yeah, in June. Well, you know, before he got off his take on the situation in Foxborough with the tight ends. Maybe the take well is dried up a bit. I mean, what the hell? How often is it? I'm sure there's some guys in baseball, if they're taking any of this seriously, they might just be like, this dude. Yeah, right. But they're going, hold on a second. You know, did, did I leave $20 million on the table? Yeah, you know, or seriously. could I have stayed in take your pick of whatever market? And then I wound up signing with, you know, some place that sucks. Especially if your agent is Casey Close. That's the thing. Who is re- who guess who represents Clayton Kershaw? Casey, Casey Close. <laughs> There we go. This is a whole thing, man. Follow the money, Tim. This is a whole thing. So, with that said, I have no idea if Doug Gottlieb is telling the truth. I have no idea if Casey Close is telling the truth. I do know this. Both of them cannot be telling the truth. Yes. That is one thing. Yes. Um, and I will say this. If indeed Doug Gottlieb reported something that is factually inaccurate, uh, and it certainly will damage... Yeah. Casey Close's, and already has damaged Casey Close's reputation, I do hope that Casey Close sues him. Absolutely. I really do. Absolutely. This is what I have been wanting for a long time, that people, when they file a report, and I, by the way, and I'm not even talking about public figures, I think it should be going on on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever the hell, so that it can be people get yeah. somehow, somehow like the, the private citizen who posts crap making things up about people is okay, but if you're quote-unquote a public figure, then you're fair game to just have crap made up about you. But the issue with filing a lawsuit on slander or libel is you have to prove malicious intent, and that is why it is such a difficult thing to pursue, to to prove that Doug Gottlieb, you know, on what is a septic tank of a Twitter timeline, uh, you know, was like, I'm going to get Casey close today. Right. You'd have to prove the malicious intent for close to win some semblance of damages. 
Uh, and I would imagine they'd cast a wide net and, and, you know, he's a Fox Sports guy and they would go after Fox Sports and they'd go after whoever else is associated with the show. I guess it's on the iHeart app, so they'd go after iHeart. Uh, Freddie Freeman has clearly decided, oh, my God, you know, I pissed off some of my teammates. Yeah. First at bat last night, he sees a high fastball goes opposite field yard. Oh. Uh, I'm sure he's had enough of this. But I'm sure he's on tilt. He wanted to stay in Atlanta. And then he finds out, or he, at least he's told, that the Braves did want to keep him, yeah. and he didn't find out about the offer. Brutal. Yeah, that's, that's brutal. rough. That's brutal. And then if, now, like, let's play the other side of it. Even if he's a takesmith, let's just say Doug Gottlieb is right. In case he close, is just trying to save face because he might lose his business. He'll never be represented by anybody again if this is the case. Or he'll never be representing anybody again, I should say. Mm-hmm. Let's say Doug Gottlieb's right. How often does this happen? Because you go, okay, if the offer for the Braves was 140 and then he signed for, what was it, 165? I'm doing this from 162. memory. 162. Yeah. All right, that's $22 million. Yep. And I don't know what the percentage arrangement that Freeman has. If it's 10%, I would imagine it's probably less, honestly. But that's, for the sake of the discussion, let's call it 10%. Mm-hmm. That's $2 million. That's yeah. $2.2 million. It's a material difference. There, There is his, mo- you go, what's his incentive to keep that offer away from Freeman? Well, the answer to your question is $2.2 million. A lot of zeros. There you go. So $2.2 million to the agency. Yeah. So there is the answer. So there's the game. Either way, the, the my bigger thing, because I don't know what really happened. I'm not going to act like I do. Uh, but either way, one thing is being said that is a lie. Mm-hmm. That is, that's just it. It is a lie. And I like that there will be accountability. There will either be accountability for the agent or there will be accountability for Gottlieb. Uh, your thoughts on the story, 65780, Air Comfort Service, text line 65780. Today I said I was going to stay on clock and it's already 1020. God bless America, man. It's like I go out and I'm, all right, today I'm just going to make sure I hit it over there because I know that's the right spot to miss. And then I go out and I miss and go with the pin and I do it again. I'm like, oh, Crap, we're already going over bar. And I know better. But I can't, once I get going, I can't, I just can't stop. 65780. We'll talk about it more here on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party 101 East. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan, and if you are just joining us, we're talking about this uh, Freddie Freeman soap opera with his agent and Doug Gottlieb's tweet saying that uh, the reason that Freeman fired his agent, Casey Close, is because Casey Close never told his client, Freddie Freeman, that the Braves had upped their offer to $140 million, and Freeman wanted to stay in Atlanta, and because of that, he went to the Dodgers. And now he has found out about it and is pissed off. And then Casey Close issued a statement last night at about 9.15 St. Louis time saying that is categorically false and he is considering legal action against Doug Gottlieb for the tweet. Doug Gottlieb's response this morning has been to tweet about the New England Patriots tight end situation. We will keep you abreast of his Twitter timeline. I guess this means I have to follow him. Yeah. Or Jackson, you have to and just let me know. (laughs) See what's doing. Reply to all tweets. I see now he's commenting on the Supreme Court, so he's on a heater this morning. Uh, You can text in 65780. 65780. From the 936, this is Bryce from Edwardsville. Bryce, welcome to the show. 936? Yeah, you see that one? Yeah. It's just saying this is Bryce from Edwardsville, and I like it. Hi, Bryce. I, I like, you know what? 
Hi, I'm Tim from South St. Louis. <laughs> this is fun. This is like a first date. Yeah, this is it's darling. Uh, it seems that Freeman would not have fired his agent if he did not have proof that the new contract offer was held from him. That's from the 636. Uh, some folks are bashing Freeman himself for this past weekend, Kershaw being one of them. I think he could be emotional about leaving ATL and still motivated to play well in L.A. Calling L.A. second fiddle is a big jump and is accusatory of Freeman. That is from the 960. Nine three six. That must be Bryce from Edwardsville, because we just don't have a lot of nine three sixes. Yeah, that's Huntsville, Texas. Well, Lisa's texting in, and Lisa's. We know Lisa is a friend of the feather. Yes, and it's very refreshing. Lisa is a safe space for me. <laughs> very true. It's like my dorm room in Columbia. Guys, remember how Tino Martinez didn't want to be here? Yes, I do, actually. I got to experience that firsthand. Uh, I realize Freeman isn't an ass like Martinez, but we knew he didn't want to be here. That's from Lisa in Belleville. Well, that'll lead me to a little anecdote. Jackson, would you like an anecdote? I always like an anecdote. Come over here. Sit on my lap. All right. There you go. Comfortable? Yeah. So uh, he comes to the uh, Cardinals after Mark McGuire retires via fax. <laughs> Did you know that? No, but that's. I have no idea what to say. Yes, I know. It's, a, it's an antiquated statement. Yes. The Pony Express notified the Cardinals. Yeah. Rogers Hornsby. So uh, Mark McGuire who I don't think had a, a real, at the moment, now it's totally changed. I feel like Randy and Michelle talked to him quite often, but wasn't a big fan of the media, and I felt like it was an intentional thing. Now, maybe I'm off. I'll that whenever I, I don't know when I would see him. He was great, man. When he was a Cardinal hitting coach, he was doing interviews all the time. Totally different op, you know operation now, now that he's not in the middle of all that tension. Point being, I didn't think he was a big fan of the media, and I thought the way that he retired by sending a fax to Rich Eisen uh, was an intentional slap towards somebody in St. Louis, whether it be multiple people at the Post-Dispatch or TV stations or radio stations. Hell, I don't know. And it's been 21 years, and that's not the point of the story anyway. So the Cardinals, in what I would draw a parallel to with Dexter Fowler, had an overreaction to McGuire's retirement and an overreaction to a player's performance in October, see Fowler, October 2016, Martinez, October 2001, and they went out and signed Tino Martinez to a three-year deal, taking him from the Yankees to the Cardinals. And I was all excited about uh, meeting Tino Martinez. He had this huge home run off BK Kim in the 2001 World Series, which was an absolute classic World Series. It took place a month and a half after September 11th. You got the Yankees in there, and they had won these comeback games with these signature moments of home runs. Tino Martinez, Scott Brocious, Derek Jeter, all these home runs at Yankee Stadium. And they were, they wound up being uh, down 2-0 after Arizona, 1-3 Yankee Stadium. They lost the final two. And you've probably seen highlights for you younger tykes of Luis Gonzalez jumping up and down as he crosses home plate mm-hmm. as they came back against Mariano Rivera and beat him in 2001. So Martinez is one of the heroes of that Yankees team, and it's pretty exciting to have him in St. Louis. And so I sit down for an interview with him, at spring training, probably February of 2002, and uh, and I think I have more equity at the time because I have a full head of hair, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he's like, whoa, I haven't seen anybody look this good, you know, coming from New York. And he t- he's talking about the Yankees, and he says something, he just keeps talking about we. <laughs> yeah. And just, because you know, because I treat an interview like a conversation. Sure. 
Speaking of which, Dan McLaughlin will have a conversation with him at 1045. I just realized I haven't said that yet. But anyway, I said, oh, I see you're still calling the Yankees. We, is it tough to, you know, look at the Yankees now in the past? And he goes, no, I was part of the team. So that's why I said, we, I go, oh, this guy's loaded for bear. We're just having like a little fun spring training interview. And over the course of the season, it became clear as Lisa uh, who is our safe space yes. and a friend of the feather. Very much so. Uh, notice uh, he did not want to be here. That is accurate. We did another interview a few months later, this one also for television for KMOV, and I would do these 101, like, eight-minute interviews that we would run on uh, Sunday Night Conversations on Sports Sunday. And I remember starting off the interview, and I guess the photographer was miking us both up, and we were just, you know, BSing, making small talk, and I don't know how it came up. And I go, oh, have you found a a restaurant that's like your go-to, your favorite restaurant? And he goes, here in St. Louis? And I'm like, I mean, we... You know, we got we got things other than chains and stuff. We eat. <laughs> you know, like as if I'm asking him, you know, does he like Ponderosa or Bonanza? <laughs> you know, he's just appalled by the... He goes, I don't know. There's I, Cafe Napoli, I guess, is good. I go, okay, all right, jeez. <laughs> you didn't have to preface Sorry. it so far. Sorry. Yeah. So how's it going hitting a buck 20? You know, <laughs> how you like the heat? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, this is rough. Yeah. So he did not enjoy it here. Uh, and it became, I think Bernie Miklas at one point wrote a column about how he was a malcontent. This was in 2003, and it was causing problems in the clubhouse, and it was a whole thing. So with that said, yes, it absolutely can happen. I think the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken, went out and signed Giambi after 2001. I could be wrong on this. So Martinez was without a home. The Cardinals lost their first baseman. And that's why they went to Martinez. Martinez was never happy here, and I think they traded him after two years and wound up eating most of the contract. So it absolutely can happen. Tim, thank you for the choice. I will take Bonanza over Ponderosa for sure. Thank you. That is from the 870. Thank you. I don't think I've dined at either establishment. <laughs> Do they have helipad parking? Uh, that is honest. This is great work. Keep it up. Thank you. That is from the 314. Tino was such an ass. That's from this date. For real, one of my least favorite signings in Cardinal history. Dead serious. Yeah. Because I felt like it was an overreaction. The Cardinal overreaction on the Fowler thing was they wanted Adam Eaton. I assume people know this at this point. And then who was it? Was it the Nationals or the White Sox? I know those are the two teams, and I think he's, he's obviously been on both. And one of them overpaid in a big way to get him. I think the, the Nationals did. And then the Cardinals were like, oh, crap. That's who we were going to get. Now we see the price of poker, so we better do something. Well, Dexter Fowler had a nice October. Let's treat him like he's a 10-time All-Star and give him a ridiculous deal. Oh, he doesn't want to come to St. Louis. He wants to go to San Francisco or Toronto. He'll come if we give him another year. Fine. Oh, that's the kind of thing. I don't like those. I don't. Jackson, here's some counsel for you. Ooh, I like his, counsel. His Lil Piddles. Yes. Never make a business decision with Emotion. I want to say it one more time for you because it's important. Write it down. Yeah, thank you. And you're still on my lap. Yeah, I know. It- Never make a business decision with emotion. There it is. Got it. All That's right. good advice. It is. I assure you it is. So there you go. That's how it all went down. The Cardinals were panicking, and I think that's how Tino Martinez got here. And Cardinals were panicking, and that's how the Dexter Fowler got here. How'd they work out? Not too well. So Freddie Freeman... I love this. I feel badly for Freddie Freeman because he seems like a really likable sort. Yeah, I have does. never had an interaction with him. But 
I like that this has happened because perhaps this will lead to some semblance of accountability if, in fact, Gottlieb is making it up. But I doubt he's making it up. I would gather that the defense will be as he got a bad source. Or the agent is making it up, and now this is going to expose that this has been going on in baseball, as Doug Gottlieb reported. I just don't know why Doug Gottlieb, of all people, would be right. the one privy to the fact that this has been going on in Major League Baseball contract negotiations. Yeah, like if it was Passan or somebody like a national baseball I, writer. You're exactly right. Like, I t- a totally different, totally different thing. Then we're talking about something way differently here. And maybe if Casey Close then told them that they're wrong and would threaten litigation, then we maybe have the conversation. But for it to be Doug Gottlieb... Who's just a radio guy is and a take smith. A take smith. I mean, don't want to take anything away from him. He's certainly a take smith, but it's just odd that he would have this sitting on it, and then also say that this happens all the time too. Like that's a that's a, he dropped a bomb there, and then just continued on with his breakdown of the Buffalo Bills offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that's I, like I can't wait to see what Doug Gottlieb has said. A word, a phrase I've never said before in my life. <laughs> so I go and I search for him on the Twitter tweets this morning, and it's like the Patriots got to work out this tight end situation. What in the hell you're about to be? <laughs> yeah, you can't just drop a bomb like that and then go back to doing whatever you do. And then and then I then I see his tweet and he pops up and it's wait what? And I go oh, hold on a second maybe he's responding to Casey Close. No, it's something about the Supreme Court granting. Some word I can't pronounce that's a certiorari, a lawyer's text in, in Moore versus Harper. I guess, I mean, I don't know. So he's going into, so he's breaking down Roe v. Wade. I mean, this guy, he's going bright, shiny object all day. He's not afraid. There's no take that he he won't Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you one thing, a little behind the scenes. There's one thing, not that management really ever says much of anything to us here, as you could probably gather, uh, but, you know. The one thing that they would say is, yeah, probably stay away from that on the Twitter timeline if you could. (laughs) And if we're being sued for libel, really stay away from it on your Twitter timeline. This guy, I don't know what's going on. Either way, something is going to come of this. Now, it might not impact whether or not the Cardinals win the Central or what the Blues do in free agency. But I'm telling you, as far as sports media could have an impact or in sports agency and representation, it could have an impact. Because somebody is actually just flat out lying. I imagine it's like 10.50 and I got a break. 10.36, it's not that bad. Uh, We'll break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. And Dan McLaughlin's going to join us here in a matter of moments uh, to talk it over regarding the Cardinals off day today. As they take two of three for the Marlins. Really kind of a heartbreaker last night. As they were on the verge of a sweep of the Marlins. You're just making sounds. Were you, were you making sounds or you, would you say something? They no, had it. You said they, they had, had it. it. I thought it. you went, ah. <laughs> no, yibbit, 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 yibbit. No, uh, you really like that yibbit. I was there for yibbit. Unbelievable. Uh, no, they had it last night. I mean, they hit Alcantara hard, and this is one of the better pitchers in the game. So that, that kind of stings, but it's also a positive that, you know, whether— Does it tilt you to see him? Not as much because you always talk about being results-oriented. That's right. I mean, you needed Ozuna. Everyone knows that you needed a power hitter in the outfield, and so you gave up a, a pitcher 
and but you didn't give. I mean, if they gave up Flaherty and then 2019, he's pitching for the Marlins and killing it. We're saying the same thing about Flaherty. I'm going to pull a hybrid out here okay. if I can, please, because I like where you're coming from because that that is the way that I think. I when I mean results oriented. Anybody can go, man, that trade for take your pick sure didn't work out. That was stupid. Mazalak, that was dumb. Anybody can do that. And I and I recognize it. It's a it's a fine, you know, strategy, but it's also not really honest if you're trying to talk about judgment unless you can say, Hey, take a look at this. I said this in the moment. Like I was talking about with the the guys on the fast lane calling it out in the moment on the Gottlieb thing, saying that doesn't sound necessarily uh, like it's uh, all all there. That story's missing something. So with with regards to that trade, the Cardinals did need an outfielder. They needed a middle-of-the-order bat, and the Marlins were engaged in the fire sale, and the Cardinals were trying to get Stanton. He didn't want to move here. Um, and so I don't think just because you don't get Stanton, then you just go to Ozuna. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's the thing about the and and here's here's my reasoning. It actually kind of has nothing to do with what wound up or it, that, that probably was talked about in the in the moment uh, locally, but it was documented that he was having a problem with his arm. Yeah, and as bizarre as it was for Cardinal fans, because I think people watched him f- play defense in the outfield, climbing walls when balls were dropping on the warning track. Phenomenal moment in baseball history. Yeah. And then I'd say, oh, he was a gold glover. And they'd go, oh, that's funny. And I go, no, he really, he's, he, look at him. He's on the Bush Stadium field receiving his gold glove from his time in Miami. Right. This guy, the guy who they need to run out like it's a like it's the, the kid wearing jeans to practice in right field to get the ball from him? Like he should punt it. He should punt <laughs> the ball in instead. So my point being, I get you needed a middle or the bat, and the Marlins were doing what they do seemingly every seven years or so and just trading all of their young talent who they weren't going to sign. But eh, I don't know on on him being the guy. Right. That's my issue. Now, okay. there's also some re- retelling of the history that, oh, they should have gotten Yelich. He was not. He but was he wasn't at the time, at that moment, available, even though obviously the Brewers wound up getting him like two months later. Uh, Dan McLaughlin is going to join us coming up in a matter of moments. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Bloom Party 101 ESPN for Thursday, June 30th. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, ladies and gentlemen, Dan McGlock. Good morning, Dan. Hey, good morning, Tim. Good morning, Jackson. How you guys doing? <laughs> doing great, What's Dan. Funny. <laughs> Man, I like that, and I like it a lot. Well, you got to come out hot. You, you know, you, you come out ready to go, and it's an exciting morning. And uh, I'm just, I'm pumped to be on with you. Uh, what is on the agenda for today? You got an off day? What do you got? What do you got going? I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> now I noticed some of the energy right there. I noticed a bit of a sigh right when I heard that. Yeah, getting on a plane is what I've been doing for about thirty years. Right. <laughs> it's you know it's rinse and repeat, baby. But I'll tell you what. What do we got? Well, you know, last year I didn't get on a plane, and yes. I didn't I didn't get on a plane the year before. Makes so. you appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm not complaining. You, you know, go. what a way to make a living, man. You Pretty better good. believe it. Um, hey, the, you, you know, you talked about doing it for 30 years. I'm curious, and it just so happens that I, I have this called up in front of me, as a matter of fact, because I wanted to talk to you about it, because we're going to get some historical context, because you've had the pleasure of calling not only some incredible Cardinal players over all of these years of doing games and also sideline reports before you're the play-by-play guy, uh, and then, of course, seeing guys come into town who are on other teams who are Hall of Fame players or will 
will be in Cooperstown eventually. What Paul Goldschmidt is doing in 2022 is is starting to get attention well beyond St. Louis. Ken Rosenthal uh, wrote a detailed story, just came out this morning on him, and uh, praise coming in from all kinds of places uh, as to the caliber of hitter he is, the preparation he puts in, and uh, described as like a robot uh, with his obsession with success. So, uh, two-part question for you. Uh, compare and contrast to other great seasons you have seen calling Cardinal baseball and potentially other players over the course of this time calling games. And then also what you can provide is some color for uh, Goldschmidt behind the scenes with what you get to see. Yeah. Um, boy, there's a lot to un- unpack there, Tim. Um I would say, and by the way, I mean, you are a, a great interviewer. You know, you're supposed to narrow it down to just a question, but you left it very open-ended. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I really like I really like the way I did that. Well, it's, it's well done because you know who you're dealing with here, and I could talk forever. You know, that's kind of like if I didn't, wanted to go into a subject I don't want to talk about, I'd just start talking about something for eight minutes, and then, oh, time's up, we've got to go. We call that the Quinn Snyder method. That's correct. That's correct. Also, Whitey was really good at that, too. Well, let me tell you, Jack, you know. Um, so anyway, so Paul Goldschmidt, let me tell you this. Number one, people think, well, he's this, you know, quiet guy, and he's very stoic. Yes, to an extent, but behind the scenes, he's very vocal and very hands-on, kind of Matt Holiday-like. And I think now we're starting to hear Matt Holiday more when his playing career was done and, and you're seeing the personality come out. Yeah. Paul, Paul has got that, okay? So that, I think that's a good comp. I really do. Uh, but again, I'm not there behind closed doors and just talking to people. Um, Paul and I, if if I ask him about baseball, He's great. He'll tell me, yeah, this is what I'm thinking, or here's what's going on. And then if I ask him about golf, then it's kind of like me never shutting up. Okay, <laughs> So he loves to talk golf. He loves to play golf. And it's really cool to talk to him about that. And um, in terms of the player that he's been this year, so he's 35, and uh, this is his best year in St. Louis, I think his best year overall. He is maniacal in his uh, preparation, his approach, um, and I think one of the things that separates him is that he's just a tremendously talented player. Now it's all coming together. So he's having an MVP season, and if it ended today, he is the MVP overwhelmingly going away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example, though, of people kind of taking notice. So I talked a little bit about this on the game last night. Brad Lefton is um, a translator for Japanese sports, and so he's based out of St. Louis. And I'd gotten a text a couple of days ago, and this is where it's going to Goldie. I, I promise it's got a, a Goldie part of this. But he said that um, he got off the plane in Seattle. He goes still to Seattle a lot, and he's basically chronicled the career of, of Ichiro. So he and Ichiro are very, very, very close. And when I'm saying chronicled, I mean he's got it in books and disk drives and all these different things of conversations that they've had. One of the things that Ichiro told him was, hey, I told you, that play works. And he was talking about the play of Nolan Gorman going to second base, the odd play at at second base of game one of the doubleheader with the bases loaded, two outs, and running through the bag. And essentially, you're safe at second, but you get the run. So you're going to sacrifice the out, but you're going to get the run because it scores before the out. So um, he said, I've been trying to tell everybody this is the play we should do. And Brad gets off the plane. He said, your team finally did it. Your team finally did it. He always says your team because he's from St. Louis. 
And then what made me feel good, he's like, the play-by-play guy even knew what was going on. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> and, so, and, and so Brad was, like, going crazy. He's like, well, he's trying to get a hold of me. He's like, i got to tell you about this because Ichiro has been trying to do this play, and, um, and it hasn't happened. You know, it happened one time in his career. He was out. He tried to successfully do it. He was out, and the organization said, don't, don't do that again. We don't want you to do that. So he's now doing a story about how Ichiro has a lot of these like little nooks and crannies of plays of the oddities of some of the rules in baseball and how we don't think outside the box. So he's doing the story, and he said everybody keeps coming back to Paul Goldschmidt. And so he, he talked to Nolan Gorman. He talked to Ollie. He talked to, I think, Pop Warner. And everybody said, no, no, no man, the, the guy you got to talk to is Goldie. And so he went and talked to Goldie, and he said, I, he goes, I'm not sure I've been around a smarter guy baseball-wise. He's like, he's really smart. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, did you see the play over the weekend against the Cubs? He knew exactly who to, who to go first to in terms of what player you touch, the runner. And it was the play with Contreras at first. I don't know if you guys saw that play, too. It was a really, really smart play. So it was a ball that was hit to him, and Contreras was the runner at first base. And if he would have tagged the base first, yep. Contreras then can go back to the bag and not have a force or whatever that couldn't be tagged out. So what he did, it was a smart move. He waited to tag the bag, and he was going to go for it first, but then tagged the runner and then got the, the out. I think I have that right. But you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. In the moment, he was thinking about sure. situational baseball. And he did that. In New- I told Brad, I said, you need to go back to City Field in New York last year when we were there. There was a play that was similar to that in which he knew exactly which guy to go to first. Sometimes you get two runners on, and there's a crazy play, and you're like, well, wait a minute. Now, two guys at the bag, who do I tag first? I'm trying to deke a runner. He comes off the bag. He actually is not the one out, but if he comes off the bag and I tag him, he's out. I mean, those kind of crazy plays, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they, they talk about how Goldie is like light years ahead of everybody on the field and knowing what to do with the ball, when it's hit to me, crazy situations. The guy is just awesome, and he's great to be around, and it will go down now when you start looking at uh, the numbers he's putting up this year, and I think he's got, what, Tim, two more years after this year, a year in option, whatever it is. It's going to go down as one of the great trades the Cardinals made. It's another one, and Mo deserves a ton of credit for that. I mean, he's missed on some. The Alcantara deal looks really tough when you watch him pitch last night, and obviously a Rosarena was a miss so far. You may get, you know, time will tell with Liberatory. You don't know. But that one is lopsided. I mean, the guy is a great, great player, and he could be and will be, I think, the MVP this year. He so is. that's a long-winded answer. No, it's great, though. But, I mean, he gave a lot of stuff there, so there's there's a lot to go off it. I mean, the greatest seasons you've seen, certainly Albert Pujols. Oh, yeah, you asked me that. No, no, but, but I mean, we, we only have so much time, and I apologize that I, I asked a long-winded question. But what we're seeing here is, is is at the moment, I mean, it's it's June 30th, but at this point, this is it's very rare that you can go, yeah, this guy is the MVP, and it's it's not even close. Now, of course, there's still three months of baseball. But how does this rank up with great seasons that you have seen and called? Then. Well, I would have to say it's it's the Albert years. You know, 06, he was off to a great start. Then he got hurt. But then you look 03, he won a batting title. He's won MVP years. It's It's got that feel to it with, with Albert. Um, and I, those are the best seasons I saw as a whole. Now, in terms of players that I, I covered or at least watched, I mean, Barry Bonds in his yeah. prime was just, it was ridiculous. 
It was utterly ridiculous what he was doing. Now, we can all debate how he got there. doesn't matter. You asked me about seasons, and um, you couldn't get him out. Like, he, he wouldn't chase a ball. He just didn't chase a ball. And if it was in the strike zone, he was hitting it 1,000 miles per hour off his bat and barreling up everything. It was crazy. But this is, this is to that level where, I, I mean, you, you're gonna, if you're the opposition, you're going to have to start saying, I mean, do we deal with Goldie? Do we really want to deal with him? Or yeah. are we just going to say, forget it, let's, it's, it's chancy, but we'll take our chances with Arenado. And, and that's where we're at right now. I mean, you, you cannot pitch to the man, and, uh, and then you mix in the defense, too. And the thing that I always bring up, Tim, is his base running. And I know, Tim, uh, that Ken talked about that in the, in the article. Yeah, it, thoroughly. First to third, he is the best I have seen, maybe. And, and and that's saying a lot. And he's not the fastest runner. He can run. I mean, he's had 20 stolen base seasons and stuff like that. But a lot of that is done on tells. You know, like you, you look at a – you study the opposition. We have video now in this day and age of baseball. You study the opposition. You study that, that pitcher. He has a tell of one tick, two tick, and then goes to the plate. Well, if you know that and you have done your research, you get an extra step. And that extra step gets you a stolen base. And then – Reading first to third, he's just he's fantastic with it. Dan McLaughlin with us here every Thursday. Enjoy the conversation as always. Uh, we got to get going. We are uh, we are in BK and wow. Florio's time, and that's just bad hosting on my part. But that's that's my brand, as you know, Dan. Uh, safe travels. To well, one of these days, I'll come into the, the studio. We'll have, we'll just kick it. Yeah, around. we. I mean, we would we would go in some directions. I don't know where we'd go, but I know we'd go in some directions. We'd have fun. I know we would. I'd enjoy it. Safe travels to Philadelphia, man. Thanks for the time. You got it, buddy. Have a great holiday weekend, guys. You Thanks, too, Dan. Dan. That's Dan McLaughlin with us. We got to go. BK and Ferrari up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.